everybody and welcome back to Landing America. I'm your host, Vincent Miller, and let's get right into things. Our first story today is going to be about the For the People Act, otherwise known as H.R. 1, which is currently in the Senate and is somewhat under fire. And you would expect, of course, Republican. The bill in large part, just to give a short summary, is a bill meant to ensure voting rights across the country, which have been historically under attack over the past 10 years or so from Republicans, which, of course, They've said it multiple times out loud. It's the quiet part that you can't say, but there's even some instances of them saying it on the news, especially when it came down to the governor race uh, and Senate race in Texas, which recently happened just a few years ago. They said it out loud. They said, obviously, the Republicans are outnumbered by Democrats. It's just the demographic output. It's it's exactly how it, it says there are more Democrats than there are Republicans, and that's just a fact. However, Republicans have been able to stay competitive through a number of means, largely, number one, being restricting the vote, ensuring that it is difficult to vote, a very large commitment that only a few people can make, those privileged with money and time. That, of course, goes against those in the working class, those who cannot afford to spend a Tuesday out in the middle of nowhere, perhaps. Some polling stations are, are hours away, and that's what they hope to do. They want to make it more difficult. They want to make it more of an event, make it more taxing on the person, on those in the working class. And then only those with wealth and time, of course, would be able to vote. It's it's almost a, a pseudo Jim Crow, but for the People Act, H.R. 1, it is in the Senate, but is under fire by West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. Manchin, of course, has been noted as the Democratic Mitch McConnell by Jamal Bowman, and he's not wrong. Now, this, this name seems a bit dramatic. Wow, really? You think Mitch McConnell is just as bad as this guy or vice versa? Well, yes, actually, in this case, he is. Because what Joe Manchin is doing as the 50th of 50 votes needed in the Senate to okay this bill, to move it forward, he is firmly putting his foot down and saying, no, I do not believe in that. And he's written his own op-ed, basically come out and saying, of course, I don't believe in this. This is a bunch of crap. I don't care screw the Democrats, which is funny because he is a Democrat in a noted very purple or red state, that being West Virginia. He has been, ever since Obama's terms, been against the Democratic agenda, which is just a bit shocking. Now, that is vocally, of course. He has voted with Obama and Biden a decent amount of the time, about 80% or so. However, when it comes to these very big, flashy, important votes, all the votes that matter, right? He always finds himself aligning with Republicans because these are the votes that make headline news and those are the ones that are going to decide his voters. Now, it has been said in the past that you can just treat him like a Republican senator who has a weird quirk of voting with Democrats a lot of the time on minor bills. But what is that really other than a Republican? Again, the quiet part out loud. He he is voting against the principles of the Democratic Party. He is a, a Republican in all but name. It's just odd. So there's obviously some severe African-American backlash as when you talk about those privileged with money and time, you're largely talking about white people, rich white people, people that can vote. And these these folks obviously are are going to vote majority wise anyways, Republican. And that's just how it's designed by the Republican Party. That's how they want it to go. However, African-Americans in the United States who largely vote Democratic have had strong words to say against uh, Mr. Joe Manchin as, of course, these voter rights almost exclusively attack African-American votes. And we've seen this in Georgia. We've seen this in Texas. We've seen this in Florida. There is a concentrated effort to make sure that 
African-Americans can vote less. They, they do not want them to vote because they vote overwhelmingly Democratic. And it's one of the bases that you can attack very specifically by limiting resources and time. Now, again, why don't we just move forward? Why can't we find another senator or, or find another person to tie the vote? I mean, how hard is it really? How can we not just ask this guy, Joe, say, hey, what do you need? What do you need from us to pass this bill? And I'm sure you could find a way through it. Now, that would be under normal circumstances. However, moving into our next topic, you're forgetting the filibuster. The filibuster, of course, being the mechanism in which a minority of 40 senators can stop any or most legislation from going through the Senate uh, by filibustering. It's very common and has been happening for the past 40 years, stifling our democracy and, and absolutely kneecapping any real progress. Now, back in 2017, you'll note Mitch McConnell, the turtle himself. Cocaine Mitch was, of course, back in 2016, fighting for the rights of the filibuster, even when there was a Republican majority. Now, Donald Trump back in 2017 even said that the filibuster needed to be removed as it was as it was halting the Republican plan. And it was really making it difficult to move forward because the Democrats can do it, too. Now, it's almost always Republicans on a, a scale of two to one. Uh, Republicans use the filibuster more as they find themselves with the Senate minority more and more these days. But when the Democrats used it back in 2017, Trump was in a, he was losing his mind. I mean, this is this is obviously undemocratic and it is for the record, um, which is not me aligning myself with Trump or saying the Republicans were right with whatever legislation they were trying to push through. But if you have the majority and you have the executive branch, in my mind, that means you should be able to push legislation through. That's your government to handle. So what Democrats did, of course, is actually not something I really like. I believe in their cause often a lot more than I do Republicans. However, I would like to call out now that that is a bipartisan issue to me, that that is not one party, that is not Republicans, that is not Democrats being undemocratic, that is both of them, and I do not like it. But again, McConnell back in 2017, even when he was the one being drastically affected and, and, and having essentially that four years ruined for him, McConnell was still saying that the filibuster was an important and integral part of democracy in the United States, and he stood by it staunchly as one of the only Republican senators who did. Now, with that said, as you roll back to 2021, now you see why. Because if the filibuster had been absolved, if we didn't have the filibuster anymore, and it maybe Donald Trump got a ton of stuff through in 2017, right? Doesn't matter. Because as soon as the Democrats have it back, if that was the situation now, I'm sure they could find the votes to get Joe Manchin to vote yes and to have the whole situation move forward. However, knowing that a filibuster is right around the corner really disincentivizes putting out real risky quid pro quos with Joe Manchin here because it, it may not pay off in the end anyways. So why would you risk it? And that's essentially the problem there with the filibuster. And of course, just to bring it full circle, Manchin has been a vocal supporter of the filibuster, especially this year as Democrats have moved forward in trying to remove it from the process. He has acknowledged it as a very important part of democracy and a very unique flavor of American democracy, which, in my opinion, is the only bitter flavor running through it. This is the problem, not a part of the main course. The chef messed up and ideally it could be removed and remade. Now, as I mentioned back in 2017, I said a word. I said Donald Trump. It's not something I like to bring up. I don't love to talk about him. However, it is important to recognize who he is. Donald Trump, he spoke recently at the North Carolina Republican Convention as he reignited, essentially, his political career being somewhat soured after the election. He kind of faded off. 
a lot of social media sites shut him down. He hasn't had a very easy way to influence the news cycle. And I'm sure it's been a serious disappointment for him as he still expresses intention to run in 2024. And his daughter, Ivanka, has already expressed intention to run in the next Senate race in Florida. So that makes at least two political races in the family coming up. And you would imagine they would want to start doing rallies again, especially as a former president. You would imagine he would be able to make headlines just doing what he does, whatever he does. But that's not the case. It's a very strange and quite honestly, a bit of a paradox. Now, Donald himself is Donald. He is the last president. And as the 45th, he has made a serious legacy of being a populist and a right wing populist, which, of course, is still how the caucus is thinking. This is still how the Republican Party is moving. You look at people like Liz Cheney, who, who speak out against him and what happened on January 6th doesn't matter because she was removed from power. And Donald Trump isn't even allowed to talk on Twitter for a man who can't call the shots publicly and has no legitimate connection to lawmakers at the current moment. How is, is his ideology, his groupthink, continuing to permeate throughout the Republican Party without any real active influence? Well, that's just because, like I said, while he may not make the news anymore, and while he may not be the highlight of every morning wake up, he's still, at least from an ideological perspective, the leader of the Republican Party. And he continues to make decisions that affect the Republican Party going forward and probably for the next 10 to 20 years. He is the new Reagan. He is the new party. And it's interesting. Uh, he does truly believe that and at least he propagates the lie that the election was stolen from him and that he will soon be reinstated as president, believing that a lawsuit in Georgia and, and perhaps a recount in Arizona might likely put him back into office, which, of course, if you look at Arizona, there's been absolutely nothing going on. There is a recount, yes, but it is an absolutely partisan and laughable effort that is getting nowhere. It's in the largest county in Arizona, but again, that won't even be enough to shift the votes anyways, so it's kind of a moot point. Uh, and then you look to Georgia, the lawsuit's been largely stopped by their higher courts and is not making any real new traction, gaining any traction here. So it's not like these are moving forward at full speed ahead. While Trump is continuing to be investigated by the New York offices, it, it just doesn't look good. It, it looks bad, quite honestly. But again, as somewhat of a paradox, a very strange enigma that he is, he remains to be the head of the Republican Party. And he is largely ignored by the media. And he's ignored by select few like Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, those who are the truly figurehead poster children of the Republican Party in the Senate. There is still Donald. There is still the legacy of Donald Trump and it continues to have drastic effects on policy in the Republican Party and, and actions in the Republican Party. You look at people like Josh Hawley, who takes so strongly after Trump. You look at people like Ted Cruz, who takes so strongly after Donald Trump. And again, he, he's not even in direct contact with these people. He's not calling the shots. This is no longer President Trump. This is just Donald Trump. And by virtue of him having been the president and by virtue of him being who he is, there is still efforts to kowtow to him all across the Republican board from local and state elections to all the way up in national politics, where, again, people like Lindsey Graham have to desperately try and ignore him. And people like Ted Cruz still have to be a sycophant because there's no other way. Josh Hawley still praises Trump for his leadership because there's no other way. You either all in or you're all out. And Republicans are struggling to find that identity. And I think as 2024 gets closer, they're going to need to figure it out now 
because you either embrace it or you don't. And if you do half and half, there's no way you win an election no matter who you run. And that's the problem that they have now. And it's the problem they're going to need to fix before this next election. And it'll likely be tested in 2022 when those Senate races are up. When those, those senators come looking for endorsements, do they go to Trump or do they go to someone else? And that is the question, which we will all have to just, just wait and see to what will be very interesting and dynamic elections, not that far from now, as horrifying as it seems. Thank you for listening through to the end. We'd really appreciate it if you check us out at Aligning America on Instagram and Twitter. And if you really enjoyed it and want more content like this, be sure to head over to our Patreon to ensure we can keep putting out episodes, changing hearts and minds one podcast at a time. Thank you.